Have you ever wanted to just get away from it all and take a walk through nature or camp out for a few days? These types of activities often relax and rejuvenate us. But why? Stay tuned as we bask in God's therapeutic creation. Our Father's love and compassion is exemplified by the beautiful gardens He planted throughout His world. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. The everyday grind of life can certainly get discouraging, especially if you live or work in the concrete jungle of a city. And while man-made architectural structures can be attractive, God's creation is both breathtaking and peaceful. Unwind with us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss therapeutic creation and rediscover the contentment that a stroll through a garden or a walk through the woods can bring. Dr. Dennis England is Professor of Biology at the Masters College in California. He says it's important to get out and enjoy God's creation. We have a contrast. Man's world is made by concrete and other things, but that doesn't reflect God's glory. And if all of our time is spent looking at man's creation and dwelling in it and absorbing it, depending upon it, we don't see God's nature. And many times, even as Christians, we need the therapeutic value of going back and looking at God's creation, His handiwork, remembering Him and His strength. ICR Public Information Officer Cindy Carlson holds degrees in zoology and biology. She says being around nature can help us in many ways. When we talk about uh, nature being therapeutic, we're talking about God's creation restoring our soul, calming us, giving us a fresh perspective on life. Everyone listening to this program has experienced this in one way or another. Have you lay in bed early in the morning listening to the birds beginning to sing as the sun comes up? Have you watched the sun rise over the mountains or set into the ocean? Have you looked up into a tall pine tree and smelled the fresh pine scent? These are the way that God's creation can be therapeutic to you. And getting out amongst God's creation can often be a blessing during troubling times. My husband and I visited the Bosque del Apache uh, Natural Wildlife Refuge in New Mexico. And there are tens of thousands of birds there, including sandhill cranes, arctic geese, many kinds of ducks, and they gather each autumn and they stay through the winter. And when you go there, um, you want to go early in the morning or late in the afternoon because that's when they fly either off to go feed or they come back to roost at the marsh. And you watch thousands of birds come in and land on the water. And I remember my husband and I, uh, when we went there, it was not a very happy day. We were having some trouble in our life. But by the time we left, our troubles had shrunk because we had watched the flight of these birds throughout the day. Dr. Ed Holroyd is an atmospheric scientist and an amateur botanist who finds solace in nature. It just tends to be relaxing to me uh, and enjoying the beauty that God has created, the beauty in the birds that I'm looking at or the flowers that I uh, pass by, where I see relationships of various plants and animals and how they work together harmoniously. And that just gets my mind off into something else and it's not cluttered with a lot of these other things. And Dr. Holroyd shares his love of creation with his neighbors. 
So about a block away from my house, uh, there was an assisted living place that was built, and they moved in lots of uh, yellow clay fill dirt and covered up what used to be there. At the south end of this property, uh, there was a cattail swamp and uh, nice black soil and so on. But I remembered where uh, the black soil was, and so I unburied it, and now I have a nice little vegetable garden there. I have built a trail around this section of the property, the cattail swamp, and so people can get in there and just walk leisurely. It's nice and green and just a little microcosm of, uh, say, God's world and everything fairly natural there and well-groomed. So it's a miniature park. And I just sort of adopted that end of the property with permission. And uh, the neighbors are now enjoying that. And they come through and walk on it. And I give the vegetables to the neighbors uh, because I have an overabundance. Johnny Walker, a consulting forester in the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia, says everybody can experience therapeutic benefits from gardening. But it seems to be especially meaningful for senior citizens and those who are emotionally afflicted. These are attributed to several factors, including the anticipation of the future. And this is particularly important, especially to the elderly and emotionally disturbed, who have lost an interest in the future. And this uh, anticipation is triggered as the gardener waits for a flower bud to open, or a seed to germinate, or for the ripening of fruit. And then, uh, for the elder People, uh, there is a sense of pride and accomplishment associated with horticulture success. And God wants us to feel good about ourselves, no matter what our age. And our senses can also be positively affected by gardening. Horticulture activities will stimulate vision and hearing and touch and taste and smell by the plants that they're being cared for. And the awesome thing of this is that this all can trigger an individual's uh, memories and stimulate reminiscence. There's so much of God's beauty to behold and appreciate throughout the earth. Johnny Walker describes what it's like where he lives. Our Father's love and compassion is exemplified by the beautiful gardens he planted throughout his world. And one such paradise is my Appalachia Mountains. This is a well-watered country. Waterfalls are frequent. And tumbling brooks, sparkling and unpolluted, are a pleasant feature. Trees, both deciduous and conifers, are in a great variety. But even more outstanding is the wealth of the flowering shrubs, rhododendrons, azaleas, mountain laurel, dogwoods, and all so many others, which make natural gardens of the slopes and the summits. Cindy Carlson. I just returned from Yosemite National Park. The rock formations and the valleys carved by the glaciers were awe-inspiring, and so was the grove of giant sequoia trees, which in mass are the largest trees in the world. The writer of Psalm 8 felt dwarfed by the expanse of God's creation, just like I did in Yosemite. And he said, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man, that thou art mindful of him. And God has given us the ability to appreciate the sheer beauty of his creation. Dr. England. We can see balance. We can see how 
Even plants are cared for. We can see the rain bring the water and nourishment. And uh, we can see the plants growing. We see growth. We see renewal. And we don't have to cause it. We don't have to do something to make it come about. We don't have to plant the wild flowers. They grow. The seeds are brought by the wind. And they're planted by God. And He causes them to grow. So why does getting out in nature tend to relax us and make us feel good? Dr. England. I think because the Holy Spirit within us is telling us, this is my creation. This is what I've made. And he wants to be glorified by it. He wants to be honored by it. Cindy Carlson. God shows himself through the things that he has created. In other words, it's the character of God that is being communicated to us. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. What a wonderful God who wants us to know about him and created the world in such a way that it demonstrates his nature. And that nature of God actually does calm us and bless us and lift our spirits. What about nature worship? We see this happening more and more as radical environmentalism and celebrations such as Earth Day become increasingly popular. Dr. England lays part of the blame for this idolatry on our vernacular. A lot of our concepts come from symbols in our mind, in our brain. And we have symbols and vocabulary that speak of the creation as an entity to itself, as if it had intelligence and was a driving force, as if it were a god. Our vocabulary has been developed from ungodly people to reflect that. And our vocabulary does not reflect the divine nature of God as a creator. So we say Mother Nature instead of creation. And this is where we need to be careful. In fact, I would go so far as to say that the phrase Mother Nature is actually blasphemous because it speaks of a pantheistic nature that actually designed and wanted to be capricious, whereas God is not capricious. And Cindy Carlson says evolutionists who enjoy and even worship nature do not understand the force behind it. Since they have believed that natural processes are all that is involved, they don't see that they're really enjoying an attribute of God. They don't see God's majesty in the mountains or God's faithfulness in the rising and setting of the sun. And they don't see his intelligence in the complexity and order of the cell. And that's a very sad thing to me. While God has blessed us with the splendor of his creation, there's one thing that God offers us that is beyond any beauty or majesty seen anywhere in creation. And that is the priceless gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. Here's Johnny Walker. It's free. You don't have to work for it. It's just there for us to receive as a gift from Him. God's uh, mercy and His grace was so highly emphasized by the fact that He allowed His only begotten Son to leave His reign in heaven and come down in the form of a human to endure 
all of the tribulations and all of the evil things that are on this earth and to be an example for us and yet to give his life because God knew that we couldn't do it on our own. So he sent his son and his son gave his life that we would be able to have eternal life with him. While we can all enjoy God's therapeutic creation now, if we accept his gift of eternal life, he has something even better in store for us in the future. Now, he's given us beauty and splendor here on, on the earth that he created, even though we have the sinful nature of Adam. And he wants to continue to bless us with his beauty, his healing, and all of the, the great things that he has for those he loves. But we all know that the ultimate, the truly the best, is yet to come when we finally get to New Jerusalem and we're in the presence of our Lord. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.